This episode of Naval Gazing is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Adding a Valley charity to your estate plan creates a lasting legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you. Your action will inspire others to follow your lead and make a difference. With a plan gift, you have the power to impact the Valley community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Learn more at valleygivesback.org, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. For hundreds of years we've brought you the news. For the info we gave you the clues. Owners' profits were always sky high. Changing market now threatens our lives. Post literation, critical reading, dumbed down nation signs have been breeding. TV sucking ideas from our head. Public discourse just about dead. We'll ride the dinosaur. Yeah, right. Hey, everybody, dinosaur. welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies weekly podcast. Today is Monday, February something. What's today? The day after the Super Bowl. February 5th. Yeah, last night was uh, the Super Bowl, which saw the Eagles beat the Patriots, which I got to admit, we'll probably lose a lot of fans. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, I was very happy with that. You got to look a little closer to that mic. Yeah, I I was just thinking about that. Like, I grew up a Patriots fan, like, back to the days when Scott Zolak was the quarterback and, like, Drew Bledsoe. But uh, and, and, and I'm stealing this from somebody on Twitter, the sentiment. They they were like, I'm from New England. I grew up in New England, a Patriots fan. But like since they became the evil empire of football, like I can't root for them as passionately. That's sort of how I feel, you know, with yeah, they're the, the New cheating York scandals and everything. I don't watch so, football, but I was a yeah, Giants fan as a kid. You know, I was always the New York Giants, you know, the Mark Bavaro, Lawrence Taylor. Matt Days, Barr, Phil Sims. I don't know who Matt Barr was. Who the was kicker. He? he he hit that really long field goal against uh, San Francisco. I, think I remember, like, wasn't Pedro Raul Bill, Alegre? That's like that's like the era okay. I remember. Bill Parcells. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Bill Belichick was like a, an assistant, assistant or yeah. defensive coach or whatever. But anyway, yeah. So I was, you know, you grow up if a, as a native New Yorker, you don't like the Eagles or the Patriots because the you know Patriots were the Jets' main rival and the Eagles were one of the Giants' main rivals. But hey. All good things must come to an end. So that was the bad slugs that you hear that start this podcast on most weeks. And Mm. that's a band made up of a bunch of editors and reporters, journalists from the Connecticut Post, or I'm sorry, Hearst, Connecticut, (laughs) part of the the empire. Uh, Speaking of empires, (laughs) they own every newspaper in Fairfield County and and like half of uh, the state at this point. Yeah, because they own the register and actually, yeah, they own everything. Them and... uh What's the other big conglomerate? Online journalism project. Yeah. <laughs> With a couple of little ones. But you saw, I got a text from you or a message, I believe it was Saturday night, the band, the actual yeah. Bad Slugs, you saw them in concert. Where was that and what was that like? I guess they play f- sort of frequently at the Windmill Tavern in Stratford. It's a nice uh, place. Uh, Tons of groupies, and they have like a, a room. Uh, so you're like a, a you're band. A, you're a bad slug groupie because this is like the second time you've seen them, right? You're touring. I've seen, I've seen them. I think more than 
Wow. Twice. Wow. But uh, Mike DeSalvo, we bo- who we both worth- worked with in Danbury at the News Times. He never liked me. He had a problem years with ago. Me, he would never come out and say really? what it was, but whatever. Um, but he he's uh, he plays the guitar, so I've 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 seen them a few times. They and played in uh, Danbury once. What I didn't realize, and this is real inside baseball, but this is a navel gazing that mm. gets us back to our self involved roots. That's why it's called navel gazing. This exactly, was originally yeah. started just to blab about us. We didn't think anybody would actually pay attention, but some people did. Another member of the uh, alternative media scene was there. I just came up with that. <laughs> Stephen Krauchik of DoingItLocal.com was hobnobbing with these uh, ink-stained wretches. Yeah, yeah. He was. He did a Facebook Live video. Um, Wearing his it, trench coat. His he whole, had the, the, he had pre, the, the fedora with the press thing Heavy stuck shtick. in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he, was, he did like a short video and uh, shook hands with everybody. I, I was I thought about shouting out doing it local, but I didn't. I was I was a coward. And uh, I'm sure everybody knows doing it local. That's that Facebook group that does uh, anything from the scanner goes on there, and that in Bridgeport, Fairfield, mm. uh, and then he loves Seymour. I guess he's from Seymour, okay. so he'll also post some Seymour and Valley stuff. And Crouchick was just on Face the State. The uh, Dennis House show on uh, WFSB. Mm. You know, it's like the Meet the Press of uh, of Connecticut. And Derby State uh, Rep Themis Claritas was, was on, on last week. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I, hey, Dennis House. Yesterday. How about uh, How about me and Ethan? That's okay. You could go. I'll uh, forego the appearance. I'd get but, in trouble. Yeah. So, but I mean, congratulate. I'm, I'm obviously jealous, but congrats to uh, DoingItLocal.com for appearing on a statewide television program hot dog so let's talk about the most read stories from last week on valleyindie.org it was a busy week uh last week if i remember correctly what's like number five on there number five derby police accused teen of trying to burglarize vehicle that's a constant sort of uh theme we see People breaking into yeah, cars, especially unlocked life. cars. I live my life. I just assume every night someone is looking uh, in my windows to try to steal something from my car. And that's really the way you got to be, mm. uh, you know, especially with all the uh, uh, drug addicted uh, opioid dudes walking Epidemic, around, yeah. you know. So it's not just the valley. It's everywhere. I mean, there's this nationwide trend now of it used to be like, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Now it's like 9 p.m. Lock up your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you should people should do that. And number four, Ansonia man faces child porn charge. There's been a sort of depressing flurry of those recently. Yeah, just we had the three way. in a week. Some of it's because we checked that you went to yeah, court yeah. and just re- pulled some files. It's not like that. And each one's, they're not connected, right? They're no, no. Right and there was another one, a guilty plea out of Shelton and another Derby case. Uh, number three, Derby police officer resigns. That was out of a meeting last Monday. We're the only ones that covered that too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just subsequent to that, we oh put yeah, it, yeah, yeah. We put it just really quickly. We put in an FOI request for the internal affairs report. Uh, I don't even know if we would. I just just to see what the, what's in the document. You know, it's a public document. I'm not sure we'd even how useful it would be because I haven't seen it, or that we'd even use information for it because we we haven't seen it. But it was interesting to me. At the, at the same time we were making that request, 
President Trump and uh, mm. and what's his name? Nunes? Nunes? Devin, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce. <laughs> They're all wrapped up in this whether to uh, release classified information and release the memo and all that stuff. And it struck me that uh, when we put in the FOI request for the internal affairs report that led to the resignation of this police officer, we were told by contract, the officer has nine days to decide whether he wants to protest its release. Mm. So actual union member at the Derby Police Department has a greater time period to respond than the President of the United States, which is just, what are those things? Then he denied it. Uh, so we're filing an FOI complaint with the state to, to gain access to it. It's pretty clear there's there's literal case law mm. on this that says you you, you know, you, you can't just say no. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, he's not even a police officer anymore. How is he still? Yeah, yeah. Why is he, how is he still subject to union rules? But anyway, we'll see you up at the FOI. Or maybe it'll be, to, you know, it's going to be finalized at their meeting this month. So maybe after oh, there's that. Some type of way like that. Because to, 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 there's going to be like a release of liability. That's the that's like the last that thing. Stuff, so okay. I would think the release would, if it's a total release, it would release I guess the officer's claiming that, that it's a it's a, a somehow a violation of his privacy, perhaps. But we all, you know, if you just Google Matt Kaufman, FOI two prong approach, you can get all the, the Perkins case, all the case law on on that. There's something else I wanted to add about that, but I I can't remember. But anyway, oh Derby once before you know, under the Stafari administration. Not that I don't think Mayor Stafari had anything to do with it, but it was just when he was in office. Mm -hmm. uh, they this government. Actually, yeah, it was the mayor's attorney, actually. It was the city corporation council. Joseph Coppola denied the New Haven Register from seeing a report, a personnel file, uh, one of the DPW workers who had done some controversial private work while working for the DPW. Uh, and in that case, Derby lost. And we wrote a story and actually played the audio. So I guess it's that same thing again. Uh, so that was that. What is that, number three? That was number three? That nope, was the, yep. the officer had been arrested and accused of a, in a domestic violence case and now has resigned. Number two, cell phone ban at Seymour High School. This was followed up on by m m several TV stations uh, that I saw. I didn't saw. realize that, yeah. But none, really, of, us, uh, none of us credited, good none of them credited no, us. No, of course not. Really good talker. It was one of those ones where like, I saw it show up on the uh, AP and it's like, oh. that's Isn't that great? <laughs> we take the yeah, time. We, we, I mean, I went that meeting. went. That was a 7.30 to 11 p.m. meeting. And I'm trying to go to more Seymour Board of Education meetings this year. It's like my New Year's resolution. And there's one tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I thought, I mean, I actually held that because I had three stories out of that. And that was like the second one we published. But yeah, it gets picked up by TV. And then it goes uh, to AP, which is like the, the uh, you know, the news flu. Mm. And we get no credit for sitting in that meeting or, or, oh, wait, or doing if, original if we, reporting. If Nothing. We, uh, if Nothing. We both forego our paychecks and paid a hundred thousand dollars to be in the ap we could we could get credit for that but that wouldn't wouldn't work out is for us how much, how much well. it is i th I've, I've, wow. i i don't know all right number one shelton standoff ends peacefully that was i forget it was thursday or friday last week um yeah there was a, a person barricaded in a house and uh police got a call to check on him and they suspected he might try to commit suicide by cop, but they uh, got the tactical unit there and were able to convince him to uh, surrender peacefully. And that's that. And he had no, uh, no injuries, thankfully. So then about what we're working on this week at the Valley Indy. Uh, tonight, 
as I just mentioned, there is a school board meeting in Seymour, 7.30, I want to say. I believe it's at the Chatfield Opresti School. And one of the items on the agenda, it came up last time, but I didn't write about it because I'm just too dumb. The high school is talking about making a schedule change. Uh, basically, for my, it was hard to follow. It's, it's, you know, if you don't have like a kid in the school and you're not familiar with school schedules, uh, uh, educators have a way of talking about schedules that makes sense to them. Doesn't make sense to me because I'm an ignoramus. But they have a way of talking about everything. That yeah, makes sense yeah, it's very hard to yeah. It's, and when you try to say, "Hey, is this what I'm saying?" They, it's really hard to break some of that stuff down. Which that's why uh, you know the big newspapers when they used to have staffs would have an education reporter who specialized in that because that person's job was to take that sort of education speak and make it more accessible. And which is you know, what reporters are supposed to do, and that's our job. So from what I take, or from what I've heard. The high school now has this schedule like A, B days. You know, you mm-hmm. might have social studies or whatever uh, every other day. And they're like 90-minute classes, 80 to 90-minute classes. And they want to change that and make them every day and shorter. So uh, credit to the parents. They were not out in force. They were asking questions about it, you know, ask, uh, na- acting as a natural check on the administrators in education. Yeah, they, wanted to, they wanted to you know what this is going to do, and, the, and they express their concerns. And they're supposed to talk about it again Tonight, so there's a lot of interest in the Seymour School community-involved parents about that issue. So that's uh, tonight, hmm. Monday, seven thirty, Seymour School Board, and then tomorrow in Derby at Sherman's Tap House. I believe it's one eighty-one Main Street. It's sounds, where five hundred degrees right, used to be. Yeah, uh, right across from or right around the corner from City Hall. Yeah, Derby Mayor Rich Zekin is going to be guest bartending. And that money raised, I believe it's from what six o'clock. Do you have the story up? I, I, I just realized. PM, okay, February sixth. Bar tips and ten percent of sales to benefit Team Inc., which is uh, also right in downtown. They're Derby. on Elizabeth they do a Street. Do a bunch there. of good stuff for the community. So that's uh, yeah. That's something unique. And I thought that was he had Rich Mayor Zekin had mentioned that on a previous Valley Indie podcast. So it is worth listening to these things, people even though only like 100 of you do a week. But uh, yeah, that's that little uh, raise some awareness. That's a TV thing too. WTNH will eat that up. You know what I mean? That that just speaks to TV. Like the, uh, you know, the intercut with like the, the cocktail scenes. Mm-hmm. Pouring drinks for a cause. So that's good. And then also, this is a story that we've been sort of not sitting on, but I haven't had time to write it. Uh, the Ansonia Derby school consolidation or creating a regional school district issue is moving along Mm. uh, as fast as these things move along, uh, you know, as government moves. There was a Derby subcommittee, Derby Aldermatic subcommittee meeting last week or the week before, and I don't exactly remember when. It was operations and procedures, and they basically voted to pass along a resolution that'll go to the full board during their meeting uh, later this month uh, about uh, whether to authorize this study uh, with Ansonia to possibly create a regional school district. To me, it's newsworthy compared to everything else. All the other regionalization talks there have been since 2009. This is the first one where it starts a formal process. Mm. So I think this, if they go through, and any, anything would eventually have to be approved by voters. And the purpose of the study is to answer your questions because a, a bunch of people had like, what's this going to cost? Well, yeah, that's yeah. why they're doing the study. Exactly, that's the, yeah. that's why they want to do that. So all that will hopefully come out. So it's the beginning of a, of a long process. And Ansonia, the aldermen, are meeting, I think, this week, right? Is yeah, that right? Thursday, they have a special meeting, 7 p.m. in City Hall, and they're going to basically uh, 
vote on the same thing um, to create this sort of uh, joint commission to, to look at the uh, question of regionalizing school districts. And the res- according to the paperwork in the city hall, the resolution is sponsored by every single one of the aldermen. So it seems likely that it will pass and that'll, that'll sort of kickstart the same process and I had asked, in Ansonia. Uh, I had asked the Corporation Council and I had uh, emailed uh, Alderman uh, Yauman a while back because it seemed like this resolution came up in Ansonia and then kind of got either watered down or, or went nowhere. Because right, it's yeah, important it to point up. out there's two different there's two different things that's ha- that, that are happening here. You've got Derby and Ansonia entering into a formal process under state law, which is concrete. Then you have this other discussion taking place, which takes place all the time, of shared services. I mean, Derby and Sonia, if they go through this thing, they're talking about creating a, a you know a new school district essentially. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to this, uh, you know, we're going to share an IT guy. It's a. It seems to have a little more teeth to it. I don't know if that's the the right. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the the same resolute Alderman Yauman, uh, the fifth ward uh, Republican Alderman in Ansonia, he brought up the same resolution last year at some point, maybe August or September. Um, to kick off this formal process, but then during the meeting, they talked about it for about an hour, and they cha- they changed it to this idea of looking at shared services. Uh, obviously, the election happened since then, and a lot more of like the Team Cassetti people got elected, so that that seems to swing the uh, swing it back to kicking off this formal process again, which they're bringing up. And as I said, it, it seems like it'll probably pass. And then Corporation Council Marini said in an email response, because I basically said, hey, what happened to that? You guys brought it up. It seemed watered down. It's shared service seems to be, uh, you know, it's not, it's a little different. Uh, but he had said they couldn't find anybody last year that basically wanted to do this with them, uh, which is, yeah, I, I don't know. So that's that. So that's going to be something we're, we'll continue to follow. So Maybe a reference to Zekin's election. Yeah, yeah, that was one that I had never heard publicly before. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember it coming up at a Derby Alderman meeting last year, but I certainly could have missed it. But uh, you know, I, I just I'm I'm not sure. And then you know, you have Seymour and Ansonia school districts talking about shared services. I think Derby Schools has been an informal contact with Shelton Schools uh, to talk about uh, shared services and things like that. We'll see where it all where it all goes. I mean, it's interesting. We'll see if. Uh, the school districts in all these towns go along with this because to some extent you have the aldermen, if you go through this process, they're, they're taking it slightly out of the school board's hands by making it mm. sort of a legislative uh, uh, priority. But then well, as endeavor, you said, endeavor, endeavor, I guess. Referendums, if it were to go forward, there'd have to be referendums in both places that would have to be approved by voters at the end of the day so yeah and just like my early take i don't think ansonia vote and it has to be approved by both towns if derby and ansonia do it it has to be approved both in derby and ansonia uh i can't see ansonia residents voting i could see it passing in derby possibly uh but i don't know i don't know if ansonia just my gut early reaction is uh i'm not sure it would it would fly here so I'm usually completely yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, my bad at predictions. I so. did not think the Derby WPCA referendum from a couple of years back would, would pass, and it did. So, so And then um, something else happening this week, frequent podcast guest Kurt Miller. Let me just bring up his page here because I, I just closed it. He's the Seymour First Selectman. 
He was supposed to announce an official run or have an official kickoff at least two weeks ago, but mm. it did not happen. But, and he, of course, didn't tell us about this because that's first select Miller. As is who, his want, who, yeah. yeah, often complains we don't cover Seymour <laughs> and then doesn't tell us pulls what's the, happening. Pulls the fast one. But anyway, he'll be on he'll, his... his uh, I don't know when he's, he's due to come on again, probably soon. But anyway, he is, he says he's working on some final details. This is from his personal Facebook page. But he's got a campaign kickoff for state comptroller, which I believe is the first time he said definitely comptroller. Right, right. Uh, for Thursday, February 8th, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., two hours. Tavern 1757, that's on Roosevelt Drive, right next to Villianca. In, uh, in Seymour, 318 Roosevelt Drive, also known as Route 34. So there's Kurt Miller officially kicking off his campaign for state controller news. So that's that's sort of what our week is shaping up to be. I thought we would just quickly talk about this week in history. We used to do this every week, and then we sort of dropped out of it. When, when this show was first, we used to do this live on the radio, and depending on guests and, and things like that, we would, uh, the, the show, this this podcast was always like, like this, just sort of improvise. Mm. We would have This Week in History as a uh, sort of filler, but they're always very interesting. And I, I pick these out so you can blame me if they're not interesting. But again, they're stolen from derbyhistoricalsociety.org, very good website. February 3rd, 1935, this is in the city of Derby. The police arrest a 28-year-old man for breaking and entering. He's taken to New Haven County Jail. He's subsequently charged in a number of recent crimes. But what is disturbing is he seemed to always use young boys for accomplices, some of whom are coming forward. The Evening Sentinel likens him to a Fagan school of crime. Is that how you say that? Fagan? Oliver Twist I, reference? Yeah, I real, yeah, yeah. I had, I had a very go. literary Evening Sentinel. There. I had to go. Nice. Yeah, nowadays, I, I called somebody a creep, somebody who was looking through cars that got caught on video, and, and our readers went on Facebook and were like, how dare you? <laughs> but back in the day, you could you could call people members of the Fagan school of crime. You want to do the next one there? Yeah, February 4th, 1935, a truck accidentally knocks over the police traffic booth at Main Street and Maple Street. That's interesting. I don't even know what a police traffic booth is. That's and then, like the the, I guess there was one right over the bridge. I, yeah, that, it, weird. Uh, was it like before red lights? Like I wonder during rush hours, would they bring out a police officer and he would kind of, when he needs to come out, he'd act as a traffic light, sort of. Yeah, and that that, that intersection right is where uh, the new police station is going to be eventually. And in 1935, that was they'd get a lot of yeah, there was right a lot of pedestrian the, uh, traffic going yeah, to the factory. You got Farrells right there. Everything's right there. Uh, also, February 4th, 1935, Derby Officer Frank J. Mannion becomes the police department's new lieutenant, replacing the late Lieutenant Anthony Urba Urbano. Lieutenant Mannion would go on to become the chief of police. And if I'm not mistaken, still has plenty of, there's plenty of Mannions in Derby. I know mm, that. Yeah, so. I've seen hear that name, yeah. Pretty cool. February 5th, 1958, the federal government says Ansonia has until October 30 to submit downtown redevelopment plans or the city will lose its urban renewal funds. But they can't be done until United States Army Corps of Engineers completes a survey of flood work needs 
and all attempts to get them to start have failed. I love how anything about the Army Corps, it's just Definitely. automatically boring. It's just really <laughs> boring. But there's still the, these the same issues are happening today in Derby. The fact that the Army Engineers is also a federal agency is not lost on the local press, and the hopelessness and absurdity of the situation makes page one headlines. Sort of Kafka-esque situation there. Uh, February 8, 1958, Shelton, Derby attorney Harold Yudkin writes Governor Ribicoff saying that the only way to stop the rash of fatal accidents on the Shelton stretch of Route 8 is to make it a four-lane limited access highway. Talk about history yeah. repeating itself. Route 8, yeah, which is now, I mean, that, uh, that was Bridgeport. That's now Bridgeport Avenue, I believe. Or maybe no, I might be messing that up. Because Route 8 wasn't the Route 8 that we know now, I believe, in 1930, in 19... Oh, this is 58. 58. Yeah, Actually, not, I don't know. But Route 8, yeah, Route 8 always a death trap. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, knock on wood, it, we haven't gotten one in a while. But there was, a, mm. there was like a rash, um, you know, maybe a couple of years ago of just it seemed like every week there'd be a horrible accident between exits 12 and 13, so... And I should just mention that future guests on Naval Gazing the Valley Indies podcast, Patricia Tarasovic will be coming on. She's of the Valley United Way to talk about a press event. Uh, actually, when we when we publish it, it'll, the press event will have probably happen. We're going to talk about a new initiative that the Valley United Way is undertaking. And uh, we're going to have on a representative from the Valley Community Foundation uh, soon to talk. It's grant season. This is where this is the time where uh, nonprofits can apply for grants from the Valley Community Foundation. So we're going to talk a little bit about, well, first of all, how to make that accessible, that mm. discussion accessible to people so they listen, and how nonprofits can try to access those dollars. And this podcast, by the way, is sponsored by ValleyGivesBack.org, which is an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation, and we thank them for their support. So with that, I mean, the only other thing I can think to quickly talk about maybe, Ethan, is there anything? Uh, you and I are both avid media consumers. We watch movies. We do some Netflix, Amazon Prime. I finally finished Wormwood. That was good. Man, Errol yeah. Morris, the, the guy last who did line. the Thin Blue Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you told me about that, and I like wasn't interested in it, and then I... Watched it, yeah, it's incredible. Um, and I had never Depressing. heard of that story, and it was like a big, like national story for years. I never heard of it, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. Um, and then just trying to think. Basically, it's alleged that the you know the CIA killed it, killed an American citizen. Yeah, yeah. Back during the the bad old days of you know experimenting on people unwittingly. With LSD. Uh, just trying to think of you know just a lot of. Uh, I'm way into the video game Friday the 13th, the game. Oh, right, right. Has Xbox uh, out there. I'm almost ashamed to admit that, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, but uh, I mean, in, on Amazon Prime, I saw, uh, they. I think it's called They Come at Night, which it's, it was like an indie thriller. Mm. I don't know, it's totally, it's, it's, it's sort of something's happened to the world and this family is existing together and it's sort of about paranoia. And, uh, you know, how far do you go to help another person or not? Really good. Hmm. Not, not, not uplifting in any way. <laughs> A real downer, I will warn you in advance. But that's, that's really about it. So I guess with that, unless there's anything else that jumps out, let's call it a day. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for your support. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>